7: Vegas trip. Here's RJ Bell. You
8: heard it. I'm RJ live from Las Vegas on a Thursday, last day of the NBA pre All Star break. A lot of action there. We're live on over 200 FSR stations across this great nation. Sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. But listen, if you've got pros and no Joes, what's the point? Pros are going to be eating themselves. He's in L.A., is Knox. Always
9: good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which people aren't happy about an apology, we've got more quarterback rumors going on in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead?
8: You know, I hate to do this. No, I like to do it, actually, because I'm I'm transitioning to the NBA mode. Lakers with a big win last night.
9: Yeah, on the road at Denver. It took overtime, but 120-116 was the final. L.A. is now five up in the loss column as they go into the All-Star break this weekend.
8: This is one of those, boy, it seems good, but you got to wonder if it's good. And here's what I mean. The Lakers are playing mighty hard, and they seem to really care. And you gotta wonder at what expense. Meaning, it was this very LeBron James with the calves that said, yeah, second seed, first seed, third seed, fourth seed, no different. We're gonna be fine. And some years they were, some years they weren't, but LeBron seemed to worry about the mouths on his feet, knees, legs. And now, all of a sudden and let me ask you, Jonas, it seems like amongst the best teams, you've got a very young Milwaukee team that's just running like, you know, uh, thoroughbreds, feeling no age, no limits. You've got a Clippers team that seems to really embrace load management, you know, obviously with Leonard. And you've got a Lakers team that has an Anthony Davis who hasn't been so durable and you got a LeBron that has as many minutes on his legs as any player ever in the NBA, really, if you count regular season and playoffs, do you worry that they're playing so hard now just for, what, an extra home game in a given situation? That if you were a Lakers fan, would you be more optimistic if you felt like they were leaving a little bit in the tank.
9: Well, if I'm a Laker fan, I'm happy with what I'm watching because they haven't been to the postseason in six years. But if I'm a Laker fan who wants more than just a playoff appearance and a great regular season record, yeah, I'm concerned because LeBron does have a lot of miles on his legs. This is a season after coming off his most significant injury of his career. Anthony Davis has always dealt with injuries throughout the course of his career. And this home court advantage that they're talking about, if they end up meeting the Clippers in the Western Conference Final. What does it matter because they play in the same building? You
8: no, know, That's a good point. We're saying, it, 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 I mean, the ticket allotment would be different, right?
9: Yeah, but it, the, the, it's always going to be a Laker town. Like Even if it's a Clippers home game, it's still going to be a lot of Laker fans there. So it doesn't really matter. It's kind of a wash.
8: I got to tell you, that is a really good point. So what we're saying is, what is the one matchup where home court advantage would mean the most against the best team in your conference, yes. right. Your, your strongest opponent, and in that one for the Lakers, home court advantage means only a fraction of what it would mean in other situations.
9: Yeah. And Doc Rivers, uh, Clippers coach, when he was in Boston in 2010, when they made their second run to a, a, a title, or, or a second run to the NBA Finals... He was uh, he and a lot of people talked about at the time, but he said, I don't care so much about seeding as much as I do health going into the playoffs. And he was right. The Celtics went in as a four seed and ended up in the NBA finals and played really well against the Eastern Conference. Doc Rivers couldn't care less if they're the one or the two seed. If they get the two seed, I think he's perfectly okay with it. As long as he knows if they meet the Lakers in the and the Western Conference finals. Who cares? It's the same court, no home court advantage. I think they're going to be OK.
8: Imagine, and to me, the idea that the Laker fans with LeBron, with AD, are thinking, well, if we make the playoffs, that's, that means we at least met expectations and everything else is gravy. No. If the Lakers lose a brutal seven game, it could have went either way. One bucket decides it. Conference final against the Clippers. Not one Laker fan is going to say, well, at least we got the number one seed. No. Or remember that win in February? And last night, it's a little different. Last game before the All-Star break, so you're going to get a a break. LeBron, 32 points, 14 assists, 12 rebounds, 41 minutes. Also 41 minutes from AD, 33, 10 rebounds, 33 points. I mean— In overtime, and listen, I don't mind it because again, there's a week off coming up, effectively, of regular games. But why are they playing? It's suspicious. It's almost like there's an insecurity with LA. And you can say, RJ, that's the way they're supposed to play. This is, you know, you've been infected by the modern era. No, because all things equal, I'd rather teams play hard. But. It's inevitable that playing so hard all season hurts you in the postseason. Like, look even at the Golden State 73 win team. Yes. It's hard to play hard for seven months
9: it's almost as if Kawhi Leonard and company are beating LeBron at his own game because LeBron was all about load management when he was in the Eastern Conference all those years and he was open about it and then this year he was critical of the Clippers doing the same thing that he did all those years with the Cavs or with the Heat in, in the Eastern Conference so it almost feels like maybe he sees that they're beating him at his former game so he's going to go and prove them oh, okay well I'll move the goalposts over here I'm going to play hard every single game and then still get it done in the postseason and I'm skeptical of it.
8: Yeah, I think it's insecurity. I think when LeBron felt like, hey, I'm going to deliver in the end, so whatever little judgments you want to make, they don't matter to me. That, you got to respect. Now it's like, oh, we didn't make the playoffs last year. I got hurt last year. It was the first year that I had that kind of bad result, that I'm going to come back and redeem myself. Again, if somehow, some way, winning... The number one seed was like half of the battle, and the other half was winning the title. And regardless of which one you did, you still had a good year. No one remembers who was the number one seed even two years ago. Weren't the Hawks the number one
9: seed in the Eastern Conference a few years back? I don't remember. That's what I'm telling you. I don't know.
8: But you know what I know? The Hawks didn't win it. No. I know that much. No, they didn't. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas, Jonas Knox in LA. Let's look at Fezzix power ratings. Fezzik joins us tomorrow for all the NBA talk, NFL talk, et cetera. These are regular season power rankings. Now, what that means is these teams have established a baseline of how hard they play regular season. Some play almost max, like Milwaukee. Some play less than max, like the Clippers. Team number one, best team in the NBA right now, Milwaukee. Number two, Clippers. Number three, Lakers. Now, if it was the postseason, he said Lakers would be plus three points. They can play even harder. Clippers plus three. Interesting. He thinks they both are leaving the same amount in the tank. Milwaukee, no plus because they're playing max. Still, though, if you look at the power rankings, it would be Milwaukee one, Clippers two laker street so vegas perspective regular season milwaukee's just in a different place even postseason fezzik thinks milwaukee is the best team in the league what do you think Jonas? Well,
9: i think they have an easier path for sure so i think they're the most Oh likely- well, yeah
8: but i'm saying beyond that who's the best team I, playing at their max effort
9: i would say milwaukee I just think their bench. I think Giannis, when he's playing up to his full potential, um, their experience, um, the fact that they've, of all these three teams, that nucleus has been together the longest. And so they've got the most minutes played together in the postseason. They've made pretty deep runs the past couple of years. They've gotten a little bit better each year. I would say Milwaukee.
8: No, I, I tend to agree. And we'll see if that tough playoff loss last year seasoned them because that's what tends to happen in the NBA. You have to have that tough loss first. I think though the Clippers, and this wasn't discussed very much, but that Morris trade, and then we saw in that Sixers game, right? So the Clippers lost, but you saw Morris really alpha-dogging it up with Embiid. Yeah. If your third wing defender literally Leonard, Paul George... Morris, if your third wing defender for the Clippers has enough alpha in them that they're woofing it up with Embiid. That's a tough team.
9: Yeah, and and he's also had run-ins with Embiid when he was with the Knicks, most notably with the Celtics in the postseason against the Sixers, and he's been a guy who's matched up against LeBron James a bunch, as we've talked about. So him, Patrick Beverly, there's a whole nether aspect to that team, that, that dog mentality, that dog aspect that they have that I don't think the Lakers or Bucks do.
8: No, I don't either. And what I want to discuss finally on this is Colin Cowherd's comment today because – Colin's a buddy. He's been great, but we just call it the way we see it. Jonas, I know you guys are adversaries. I don't get <laughs> he into has no it. I have no idea who I am. <laughs> but, but he said, oh, I like the way LeBron's aging. He's sitting back in that rocking chair. He's not really worried about his points. He wants to distribute. You see his assists, ah, 11 point, blah, blah. And he goes, and you know who wasn't like that? That dastardly Michael Jordan. He used to get mad at people. He used to throw balls at their heads. You know, one of those. Yes. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I totally get it. If you want to go fishing with someone, maybe it's not Jordan, right? Because if you you catch a bigger fish, he might throw a hook in your eye or something. Who knows? And maybe LeBron's the guy there. But if you want to win titles, you want Michael. And there's a stat out there, and I don't have the exact number. We'll look it up during the break. But, you know, there's a psychological term, sociopath, which is pretty much that you have no empathy for others, right? You're thinking about yourself only. And they, there's some stat like 5% of the country is uh, sociopathic but 40% of the CEOs in the country of Fortune 500 uh, companies are. So 5% (laughs) if you just walk down the street, but if you go to Davos or some big corporate event, it's going to be almost half. Well, yeah, it takes sickos to do that level of stuff. And, I mean, the way we sit and look at Jordan and judge him for that Hall of Fame speech, instead of looking and saying, you know, that's why the guy who did get cut from a team – was able to become maybe the greatest athlete to ever walk the earth, some would say. Most certainly the best college basketball player Whenever someone or best basketball player. Whenever someone says LeBron's better than Michael, means the conversation should end because that person's opinion's irrelevant. <laughs> it's why
9: I always thought Kobe was closer of a comp to Michael Jordan than LeBron, just from a mentality aspect.
8: I, I think you're right. And it shows you where... If you had LeBron's talent and Kobe's attitude, that's what Michael was, yes. effectively. Yeah. And the idea—I mean, think about this. And I'm not one to say, well, if one thing didn't happen, but if one shot didn't go in from Irving— how long's it been since the title for LeBron?
9: It's been a long time, and also if Ray Allen didn't hit that three from the corner against, against the, Spurs, the Spurs, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. there's a couple of instances where. But let's
8: give him credit, yeah. you know, because th- th- but you know something, Michael Jordan won six out of six when he played the season, and oh by the way, not a single seventh game in the final; they couldn't even get to a seventh <laughs> game, right? So again, I'm not saying LeBron's not the best of his era. But I'm saying in a weird way, what Colin is putting up on a pedestal as something to admire is actually the thing that's keeping LeBron from being Michael. And it doesn't mean LeBron wants to be, meaning maybe LeBron's happy to be as great as he is and he's great and he doesn't have to be a maniac the rest of his life. Fine. But to me, if I, I'm not looking for buddies to hang out with. I'm looking for athletes to show me greatness. And Michael was ready to bleed for it. You know, as much if not more than anybody, and he won the most. And to me, I exalt that, not some guy cruising into retirement. That said, we'll see because the the weird thing is, as much as LeBron's not alpha dog in it, he's he's spending the minutes on the floor, right? Yeah. And the Lakers are winning, except we in Vegas have them as the third best team. And oh by the way, Jonas, Lakers against the Clippers in Milwaukee, 0 and 3. Yeah. So would you take Clippers second? Like if you were picking to win the title, you'd say Milwaukee's the favorite. Yeah, Clippers second. Milwaukee the favorite. Clippers second. All right. When we come back, we're gonna talk. It's in the contract. Tom Brady pretty much every day till he's signed. Now we won't do that, but there is actual news here. And Jonas has changed his mind about something with Brady. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame
9: show. You've always wanted right here on Fox sports radio.
8: Straight out of Vegas!
7: Be sure to catch live editions of straight out of Vegas weekdays at 6 PM. Eastern 3 PM. Pacific on Fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio radio app.
5: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox,
9: voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, there could be serious doubt about one quarterback's future.
8: Yes, and we got odds on it. Yes, as always, we have odds on it. You're listening to the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has doubled plus, more than doubled, in just the last year. Thank you so much for that. You can listen five days a week, Fox Sports Radio, 200 plus stations. Also, iHeartRadio app, FoxSportsRadio.com, SiriusXM, and on podcasts anytime, just search for RJ Bell. Right now in the strip, 62 degrees, neon is flowing.
9: So, RJ, the rumors have been out there about Tom Brady and what happens next for Brady and his next destination. We've talked about it here on Straight Out of Vegas. We've talked about future odds, and we've got the latest odds on that. But there has been some doubt that has been cast on Brady's return. Bob Kraft, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, talked last week about the potential of Brady leaving and Kraft wanting him to test free agency. Christian Fourier, former Patriots tight end, was on WEEI on Wednesday. And he had this to say. I think the Patriots knew they weren't signing him before the season started. I believe the Patriots are 100% done. I think the Patriots are
7: okay and ready to move on. They know Brady's they're not are, coming back. I don't think they want up. Brady for $13 million. I don't think they want him, period. And I think that Brady knows it. So why do you like a, why do you like a tweet from the L.A. Chargers?
8: All right, so
9: who's this fellow? This is Christian Fourier. Who, who's that? He's a former tight end for
8: the Patriots. And what's his, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say, what's he doing today? Uh, he's a, radio, a sports talk radio host. Oh, so yeah. he likes being played on national shows. Of course. <laughs> Who doesn't? And you fell into the trap.
9: I didn't fall into the trap. I, I, <laughs> I, have not, I have not reversed my opinion completely on this, but I do feel like there's potential we could, the end is near for Tom
8: Brady in New England. Well, the end's near when you're 43 or whatever, regardless, right? I, I guess here's my question. We know that Brady knows the Patriots. He knows Belichick as well as anyone. The analogy I've used is Tom Hagen, Michael Corleone. Hagen's not going to say, he won't kill Fredo. He knows that Michael will kill Fredo. Thus, ultimately, it's going to be dollars and cents logic. And I think what Brady's doing is saying... I got to show strength here. I got to show I got options. I got to show I'm willing to leave. And that would make, in theory, Belichick be a little bit more meanable to try harder to keep him to stay. But if the numbers don't make sense, he's not going to keep Brady. And if the numbers do make sense, he's going to keep him. So what I find... Noteworthy, and I say this sincerely, you feel like something said in that clip really has changed your mind about what's possible and what's not.
9: It's not changed my mind. It's just reassured me that my initial thought from a couple of months ago is this. I feel like they're closer now to being open to the idea of a future without each other than they've ever been before. I think a lot of that goes into it. Not just that clip, but you talk to other people in the Boston area who also feel strongly about the same thing. Tom Curran being one of them. Serious doubt about him being back in New England.
8: And I think that's valid, right? But what that fellow said was that... They wouldn't take Brady for $13 million? Well, that's crazy. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you are playing it. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just
9: simply pointing it out there. It was another aspect of the story. I mean, John Ramos wanted to play it. I didn't want to
8: play it. It was Ramos. Listen, if that, we don't even know if that's his name. I mean, I'm still <laughs> researching that. Ramos, Ramos. I call him John, Johnny now, just to keep it simple. But here's the thing. It's all money. And, and Belichick knows—and it. and listen, it, it's not all money in the bad way, like, oh, I want more for my—it's a salary cap league. If you spend an extra 10 bucks on Brady, you don't have 10 bucks somewhere else. We have, the Vegas perspective, Brady ranked about the 20th best quarterback next year. That was a big drop, but he's still the 20th best quarterback. And if you look at the list of quarterbacks available, I mean— We've seen the list, Jonas. Who would you rather have because they're not gonna magically draft a great quarterback? And Belichick's not gonna use one of his years to draft a rookie and 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 develop him, especially if you don't have a top, top pick. All right? So I don't think that they think anyone on the roster is ready. So I'm not saying they're gonna overpay for Brady, but if it's not Brady, who?
9: I don't think it's anybody on the roster. I think it would be a move, and it wouldn't be a draft pick. I think there's but somebody. But what kind of move?
8: Would, uh, like no one's traded a good
9: quarterback. A, a Teddy Bridgewater type, and Andy Dalton is somebody that's been thrown out there as a potential. So right candidate. now,
8: would you rather have Brady or Dalton? I'd rather have Brady. Brady or Bridgewater? I'd rather have Brady. For 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 one year. For one year. Yeah, I agree. So to me, it's almost like Brady understands this too that. There's limited options for the Pats, but he's not any great shakes right now. This is not a clearly above average quarterback. What we saw last year. I don't think either one of them is in a
9: position to to not need the other. Like as much as they think they are, I think the Patriots need Brady more than than maybe they want to admit, and I think Brady needs the Patriots more than they want to admit, or than he wants to admit
8: for for the next year or for so. For the next year, because I think- do. We we have no idea. If Belichick is planning to coach another 10 years, I agree. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, he, he doesn't seem to be losing his fastball. No. Right? I mean, if anything, if you look at the last 10 years, and this is shocking, if you, we did this, pregame.com did this analysis, maybe we'll bring it up tomorrow. Look at the coaches that are all time Hall of Famers, like the best of the best. And look at their career pre-60 years old, post-60. The drop-off after 60 is gigantic. I mean, think of Chuck Noll. Think of Tom Landry. Straight down. Yeah. Belichick, by every metric, percentage years winning the Super Bowl, win percentage against the spread margin, was has been better in his 60s. Belichick's getting better. The distance between him... And the competition is getting wider. I don't see any reason he'd necessarily, back to Colin in the rocking chair theory, that he'd necessarily be looking for an exit. He's looking to do what he loves. He has total control. The one quarterback on this list, and these are the quarterbacks available, free agency. Brady Breeze. Now, Breeze we don't think really is. Prescott, we doubt he really is. Tannehill. Rivers, Winston, Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Dalton, and then any rookies coming in, obviously. Joe Burrow at the top. On that list, if you take off Breeze and Prescott, you know what interests me? Tannehill. Mm. Oh, could you no. see Bray could you see Belichick making, you know, a personal solicitation and saying, I watched you in Miami and I know what to do with you. Well, And if, he's young enough. He's got five or six, seven good years left. It Look, I wouldn't make the move if I
9: were Bill Belichick. But if Belichick made the move, I'll go ahead and just stand back and say he knows something I don't know. Because he did the same thing with Wes Welker. He did the same thing with a lot of guys that were in division that he got to see a lot of and that he respected. And that's why he made the move to sign him.
8: So what you're saying is nothing you saw from Tannehill in this Tennessee run impressed you
9: it was impressive in the regular season but he he didn't do anything in the postseason.
8: Mm, it just feels like he it feels like Tannehill in a Belichick offense is like about the 12th best quarterback to me I, so, w- I would
9: say that's a little high um, I would put him middle of the pack but
8: I, mean, I think he might have been middle of the pack this year another one and I mean this is talk radio 101 one type stuff, but boy, I, I'm intrigued. Imagine Cam Newton coming in there for a couple of years. Oh, man. Completely healthy and, and Randy Moss type focused, knowing this is it. If I don't do it here, I'm not going to do it. Because this is a guy that, how long ago did he win the MVP? Yeah. All right? Yeah, now, he- I don't know if he's so banged up he's never going to be physically the same. But boy, if, he would, if you knew he was physically 100% and he signed with New England, would you be pessimistic? I, uh,
9: if they signed him, look, anything the Patriots do, you take a step back, like I said, and you go, okay, they clearly know something that we don't know. Because otherwise, they wouldn't have made the decision to sign him outside a wide receiver. I just don't think that people trust Cam Newton's health, and I don't think they trust him long term.
8: <sighs> but when you say long term, what do you mean beyond his health? Like three years. Yeah. Hey, listen, give you one good year, right? If yeah. you, I mean, I guess it matters what the contract is. But if you know you can get one good year out of it... And i will tell you this, these guys, when they start fading away, meaning Cam Newton came in, big draft, number one pick in the draft. He wins the MVP in 2015, not that long ago. And then he's worried about his outfits. He's got all the... Th- then all of a sudden, now, not, not much talk about Cam Newton. The very fact that we're talking so much about all these other quarterbacks and Newton's hardly getting mentioned... Guys don't like that because they're used to being talked about. The idea of, hey, I got to get focused, and Belichick does that. It's like, I think Antonio Brown would have worked out if he you know, didn't have the off-the-field stuff because Belichick is the type to convince these guys buy into the system. Yeah. And if you can get super talented guys that typically don't buy in to buy in... That's where you get a lot of, you know, again, Randy Moss. The best team the Pats had didn't win a Super Bowl was that Randy Moss team, obviously, the undefeated season. I
9: mean, he got Aaron Hernandez to buy it, and he was a mass murderer. (laughs) (laughs)
8: That's that's true. Well, he didn't buy it completely because it it happened (laughs) after. Okay, fair enough. All right, that's Jonas Knox. Jonas (laughs) Knox. This is the separate guy, R.J. (laughs) Bow. All right, we're going to talk about, you know, I I don't mean to pick on Colin, but I'm going to pick on him again because I disagree. He said something about Joe Burrow that I think is missing a major, major factor.
7: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas, weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
8: Straight Out of Vegas here
9: on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up 12 minutes from now here on FSR, we will get one final look at the first half of the NBA season before the All Star break. Want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. 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 AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
8: All right, so wrapping up Brady here, we do have the odds, Jonas. So before I give them to you, you're the one saying, hey, let's play that hot take sound (laughs) clip with that goofy talk about 13 million or whatever. The Patriots would love Brady for 13 million. Love it. They dance. What's the odds? What odds would I have to give you if I wanted you to bet Brady will play will not play for the Pats? That's the bet. 50-50?
9: Oh, this is when I really miss Fez. Okay? Because Why? I feel well, like he'll his, be here tomorrow. Well Fez will take action on anything, and I'm so bad at this and so bad at betting. No, just
8: tell just tell your normal, you know, uh fans perspective.
9: I believe that there is a 20% chance that Tom Brady leaves the
8: Patriots. All right, so 80% he's on the pass. Yes. So you think he's coming back to the pass? No, I do you think just, I... you went from like 195 to 80. Yeah, like, that would sound about right. Yeah. All right. You know, the market pretty much agrees with you. Right now, New England as Brady's team, minus 300 So $3 to win a dollar. So that's saying about a 75% chance right there. Uh, the Raiders, Las Vegas, seven and a half to one. The Chargers 10 to 1, Tennessee 19 to 1, maybe you swap with Tannehill. The Colts 19 to 1, Miami 20 to 1, and oh, just for fun, Dallas 66 to 1. <laughs> so really, 75. This is what the Vegas betting market says: 75% chance Brady back with the Pats for more than 13 million, and 25% elsewhere with. It- The Raiders' favored. If he did go to Vegas, how big would that be for the city? Ooh. I mean, I couldn't hang out with him every night. I mean, so (laughs) I I would carve out two nights a week. That's it. Okay, good. Fair enough. I mean, listen, the rock on ballers. I mean, when you come to Vegas, (laughs) Joe. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas with a smile. Let's talk about Stafford, because you saw something that really jumped out at you, and obviously it's in the news And I agree with you, Jonas. If you look at the numbers, and maybe you could break some of them down, it makes no sense the Lions would let go of Stafford because of the way that the salary caps work in there.
9: Yeah, and so there's a rumor out there, and there was a report that the Lions have been shopping Matthew Stafford for weeks. Matt Stafford's wife posted on social media in response to the rumors that they don't like us. uh, I, I wouldn't mind living in L.A., hinting at the L.A. Chargers. And so the Lions as an organization have shot down the reports and said it's not accurate whatsoever. Well, the Lions are picking third in the draft, so you could see with a quarterback on the board there for them potentially why they would consider moving on. But Pro Football Talk broke it down really well, and they said trading Stafford would trigger a $32 million cap charge for 2020, $19 million more than the $13 million that would otherwise count this year for past signing bonus and restructuring.
8: So you're saying it's more expensive per the salary cap to trade him than to keep him, yes. So, how in the heck could there be a rumor he's going to get traded? That's just, that's I what I mean. We Stafford's do. still a top. What he's probably eight, nine, ten.
9: I like him, I've always been higher on him than others. I think he But gets, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I would, I would put him bottom of the top ten.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are guys you pay a lot to keep. You don't pay money to 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 ship off.
9: And I also feel like he gets a lot of the blame for an organization that's got a history of being one of the worst in sports.
8: Yeah, I hear you, but I think there's certain players that just would will themselves that this isn't the way it's going to be, and and that's the highest bar there is. And I think there's a lot of guys that's been successful, won a lot of games because they were in the right circumstances and Stafford wasn't. But if you want to be an all-time great, you know, do you, that's the question we got to ask ourselves, is if Tom Brady was with the Lions, would the Lions still be the Lions? Mm. Because the theory is Tom Brady would have an infectious will to win, and, every, and he would change the culture one player at a time himself. Do you believe in that? I,
9: to a certain extent, but I also am a realist, and I believe, look, there's a lot of things around No one can change the lines. Yeah, I just, (laughs) they're bad, man. They've been bad for a long time, and they've had talented players. I mean, Barry Sanders, one of the all-time greats. Um, There's been a lot of really, really good players. In the 90s, they made a couple of runs, but yeah, I just, I think it's the organization.
8: And I'm not saying this is a real indictment, but it would be if we're talking about an all-time winner. Stafford only had a commitment of one contract with the Lions. So if the Lions weren't making the changes that would help them become a winning organization, then Stafford could have left. Right.
9: And, and it also makes more sense to keep him not only just financially, but based on the fact that you've already made a commitment to Matt Patricia that you're going to move forward with him and give him another year. Why would you bring in a rookie quarterback with a coach who could potentially be a lame duck coach and a rookie quarterback who's going to have to learn a brand new offense next year? You just kind of start him off on the wrong foot.
8: Listen, those coaches that have laminated paper and pencils in their ear, they, they're not easy to come by. I'm still trying so, to figure that out, by the way. you got to do something <laughs> to make him happy. So here's what we'll say. We are not true, 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 true experts on the salary cap. But we kind of know it. It seems to us, as far as we can see, that it would actually cost money to get rid of Stafford. That tells us it's not going to happen. And I don't love when the money dictates what's on the field, but it's just the way of the world. You know, my— Assistant producer McKenzie flashed up and said the Broncos were nothing before Elway. So, you know, can a guy really turn a program around? I don't know. They were nothing for a while. But they, Craig Morton was in Super Bowl 12, as I recall, as yeah, a, a young child. Yeah, yeah. Lions, no Super Bowls. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> when, we, when we come back, we're going to talk Astros. Jonas has a take there and two big NBA games, including the Clippers tonight. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always
9: wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
8: I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas,
9: and I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So RJ, the Houston Astros are still talking the latest apology that came earlier today. Blah, yeah, I agree. Blah,
8: I agree. Blah, blah, yadda yadda. Like it's not going to change anything. Exactly. Baseball. They still could. Baseball could still get hardcore here, but the way it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Houston's going to have their World Series. All the players are going to play every game they can play, no suspensions. Mm-hmm. And no one's really, picked, uh, none of the players, it's not cost them any money. I mean, like, what's the consequence? A Dusty Baker's
9: back. Uh, some guys got fired, but it was managers and, and front office I mean, people. Yeah, the managers got yeah. a
8: one-year suspension. They weren't fired by the league. That was the team's decision, yeah. right? They got suspended.
9: So it, just, it feels like we're just still complaining about the same thing we were complaining about before. It and we're not
8: going to abide by it. But no. I'll tell you this, the absurdity times absurdity with this baseball stuff— is how the dude Beltron with the, he was a player, so no big deal. He becomes a manager and then there's a consequence. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, he, if players aren't responsible because they're being treated like children, being led around by the nose, then why, once you graduate to become an adult, you don't get blamed for something you did when you're 17, apparently, in this <laughs> analogy, <laughs> right? Yeah, it just, it's ridiculous. It doesn't stand the test of reason. But you know what does stand the test of reason, baseball related? My idea, impromptu, you were here. You saw yes. lightning strike. Yeah. Speed up baseball. Here's what I suggested. Pitcher can't step off the mound once he's set. If he, or uh, the rubber. If he does, it's an automatic ball. Batter can't step out of the box. If he does, it's an automatic strike. Play ball. Put it up on Twitter. You can see it right now, at RJ in Vegas. Set, or t- 51% said love it. It was love it, maybe hate it, or no. Love it, 51%, maybe 24%, and the dumb audience, no, said 25%. <laughs> what do you think of it? Uh, I think it's good. Anything, any, anything's better but no, no, than— No, no, no. I'm saying how beautiful is it? The game just keeps flowing. No bat-and-glove crap, no rosin bag. You step up, you play.
9: Yeah, it's better than the three-pitcher minimum. I'll take that over. And if somehow, minute.
8: some way, you really get a cramp or something, then you step off and it's just a ball. But there's a consequence to it.
9: Yeah, I like it. All right, let's go, NBA. All right, guys, we got a streak that came to an end before that. Make 2020 your year. You could start your own life, new life as an IT pro. In as little as four months, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. The Toronto Raptors' 15-game winning streak came to an end last night, RJ, as favorites, 101-91. They fall to the Brooklyn Nets.
8: I mean, take a look at the standings. Most wins, Milwaukee. Second most, Lakers. Third most, Toronto. Now, you might remember that Toronto team from last year, but they had Kawhi Leonard. You know something? Financially, Toronto could have the exact same team they have this year and have Kawhi. There, there wasn't like, if you look at the salary cap, they could pretty much have capped him. How good would Toronto be with Kawhi Leonard? And the question is, would Kawhi have a better chance to win the title right now with Toronto or with the Clippers? Oh, I would still say the Clippers. Nope. Based on the Vegas perspective, Mm. you add Kawhi, it'd be about a five-point addition. Toronto would be the best team in the NBA. Wow. Think about it. The team is 40 and 15 without him. You add one of the top two or three players in the league. Speaking of the Clippers, let's take a look at that game tonight against Boston. Boston at home favored by one right now over the Clippers. And here's the thing about Brad Stevens. I'm not going to bet this game, but I lean Celtics. And here's why is Brad Stevens has been exceptional against really elite 60 plus percentage win percentage teams. And there's certain teams that beat up on bad teams. There's other teams that play well against good teams. To me, Boston is a team that plays really, really well historically against good teams. I lean Boston there. Last time these teams played, they shot amazingly 93 pointers. Celtics and Clippers, 93 (laughs) pointers. So this is one I expect up and down the court. But I do lean Saudis. The Odd
9: Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas. We will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, three o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio, and as always on the iHeart Radio app.
1: It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B and B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers